Acts chapter 13. And I want to show you, we're always talking about how what we do is in the Bible. What, why we praise, why we worship, why we preach the word, why we send out workers, why we plant a church. We had in this conference, uh, from the beginning to the end, we didn't have a theme. We usually have themes. We didn't have a theme this year. And the theme was written by the, it's always written by the Holy Spirit, but the, from Monday night all the way through, it was talking about the importance of getting back to our vision, which is planting churches. Pastor Jones, our founder, our leader that founded our fellowship, our spiritual father, amen, he said, if we don't plant churches, we will be dead in five years as a fellowship because we can't just keep existing. We have to reproduce ourselves. And so we, we took the challenge all through the week about the will of God and about stepping out and about emptying ourselves and about being willing. And so that's how this happened. And uh, we're going to uh, give you a challenge a little bit later, and I'm going to challenge you in this message. Uh, but I want to read Acts chapter 13, and I want you to see what we just did, praying for Pastor Jesse and Julie. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work, for the work to which I have called them. Amen. Now that's important. Having fasted, yeah, go sit there for a second. So we see they're ministering and fasting and praying, and the Holy Spirit's the one that does the work. I did not make them stand up. I did not make them come to me. As a matter of fact, they came to me. I didn't ask them to come to me. They came to me because the Holy Spirit was working on them. And they said, I'll answer the call. And so God does the work, but we have to lay out the opportunity. Amen? We have to be a breeding ground for that to happen. And so he, then we separate them and say, okay, we're going to send you off. And it says, for the work which he has called them. Now look at verse 3. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. And so we just exactly did exactly what they did in the Old Testament, or sorry, New Testament, to get the gospel to us today. How many are thankful that they didn't stay in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria or even Asia Minor or Greece? How many are thankful that the gospel got all the way over here to Texas because people were preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, passing the gospel, passing the torch, telling other people about the Lord, planting churches. God didn't intend for us to have a mega church in Jerusalem that everybody would fly over to or walk over to or get on a boat to go to. He said, from here we're going out. And that's what this church is about. That's what our fellowship is about. And I've been in this fellowship for 20 years. That was my 19th year going to conference, and I've been to at least, Carl and I, to at least 25 conferences. And that's not including rallies, because we used to have two a year. And so I've been to a lot of conferences, and the, the vision has never changed. From the day I came into this vision to the, till today, it's more alive now than it's ever been. There's more excitement. There's more decisiveness there's more uh, anointing than we've ever had because God is on this and in this and he wants to see a great work happen. So I want to speak to you this morning from the word and from my heart because this is what we're about. And, and I'm taking this more than ever as a challenge as your pastor and, and as leading with Carla to lead you guys to know that this is what our, 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 our purpose is going to be. We are going to be intentive. And what was the word? Intentional. That word was spoken this week. We're going to be intentional. And listen, here's the fact. Not everybody is going to go be a pastor. Some of you went, Phew. The problem is, is if you are called to be the pastor and you're saying that. Okay? Some, not everybody's called. There are people who are called and disobey. That's the difference. Okay? 
But not everybody's going to go pastor. But in this church, and really in any church that's healthy and is supposed to be doing what, it, doing what it's supposed to do, everybody's involved. Everybody's involved in the work. Everybody has something to do. Pastor Paul did a workshop on uh, being integral, being important, being vital, being part of the work that's going on. And so you might not be the one that goes, but you might be the one that sins. God could put miracle finances in your hands and the Lord says, I'll put money through you if you'll just give it to the kingdom of God and you might be the one, who, you might be the one that someday says, Pastor, I've got money to send out a church. Here's the money. But you, or you might be the person that's in this church that says, I'm, 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 a, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm going to intercede for all these churches. Or you might be the person who's the encourager. All of us have things to do and we've said this for a long time. If you're not doing something for God, you're not going to be comfortable in this church. Right? And it's not because it's just this church. That's the way it's supposed to be. But, but a lot of times today in the church, the church, as, as, as John mentioned from Pastor Fuentes last Sunday from Mexico, the church wants to come, the people want to come to church and get a massage. They want to be spiritually massaged, and they want to have their ears tickled, and they want to be like, oh, you're so good. And that's not what we need. We need challenge. We need to be transformed. We need to be uh, exhorted. We need to be uh, taught. Amen? So that we can stand before God one day, and hear the words, enter in, good and faithful servants. How many want to hear those words one day? Amen. Now, I want to get into another part of Scripture here. If you'll go in the same book of Acts to chapter 26. And I want to read a few verses here. And this is all the verses I'm going to give you today because this is what the Lord put on my heart. Because I want to cast some vision. I want to talk this morning about the heavenly vision. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this great time of praise and worship. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to start another church. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be a church that has a vision, Father. We ask that your word would come alive today. There are people in this place who have ministry, Father. And there's things they can do for the kingdom of God. They just don't know it yet, God. And you're going to raise them up. You're going you're to grow them and you're going to use them so that we can be a church that makes a difference, not only in Denton, Texas, but around the world. And Satan, you're defeated. We know you're angry. We know you're mad. We know you don't want us to do any of this, but you are under the power of Jesus Christ and you are defeated. And, and God has given us all authority over you. And you have to flee in this morning in Jesus' name. You have no power over God's word and over God's church. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How many believe we have power over the enemy? So when you see this, you might think heavenly vision. If someone's having a vision of what heaven looks like or, 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 or things like that. That's not what it's about. The heavenly vision is, is where God, in, through Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, he gives this he almost in a certain way hangs a carrot before us and says, listen, I've got eternal life for you. I've got heaven for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I want everybody to go. I want everybody to be there. But the thing is, is he uses us to be the inviters. And so we have to go and preach the gospel. And now that I have received Jesus, I've got to tell others. And that's what the church is supposed to do. And so there's a heavenly vision, and that vision is to reach people for Jesus. Then to teach them how to live, how to operate, how to, to carry themselves. And then, then you finally send. And, and I've been saying this for a long time. I'll say it again this morning. I, I am a pastor, but I am a disciple first. You cannot be a pastor without being a disciple. Meaning that I, I am leading you, but I have been being led by somebody else. 
And so the things that I teach you are the things that I have learned. Paul said, imitate me as I do what I want to do. As I imitate Christ. And so I follow somebody as my pastor, Pastor Jones, and now Pastor Paul, who's leading our fellowship, and other pastors. I follow their example. I follow their lead. I learn from them. I watch what's successful and what's not. I see what to do and what not to do. And then I teach that to the men in this church. Because you know what? Did you notice I said I teach that to the men in this church? I'm a man. So I don't teach a woman how to be a man. I'm a man, so I have to teach men how to be a man. I don't know how to teach a woman how to be a woman. So I'm teaching the men so that they can be the leaders of their home and they can, they can lead their wives and their children and their wives will say, man, I've got a man in my life that I can follow and I can be in the right order of God. And then everything else falls into place. So that's God's, that's God's uh, example. Is, is, is He's the head of the church and then I'm the head of my family and then it goes down from there. And so that's what we're doing. That's the heavenly vision. And I want to show you that in the scriptures... In Acts 26, this is exactly what we see. Exactly what we're doing is right here. This is the heavenly vision for our church. And right before I read this, as Paul's ministering here, he used to be called what? Saul. He's now Paul. And he is talking to King Agrippa. And he is standing before him in court. So he's in a place of, of, of interrogation. And he's having to give his testimony and, and, and he's refreshing, and he's showing us really here in this scriptures exactly what we're supposed to do. He is sharing what God did for him. Sometimes we complicate things too much. How are we going to change the world? How are we going to plant churches? How are we, we going to do all these things? There are a lot of little things we have to do, but the biggest part is we just got to tell people what Jesus did for us. Has Jesus done something for you this morning? It, has Jesus done something for you this morning? Has he delivered you from something, saved you from something? Has he healed you? Has he, then that's what you tell people. Well, I don't, have, I don't know what my testimony is. It's not that hard. You were going to hell, and now you're not. That's, that's enough right there. It doesn't matter if you were a really bad sinner or a kind of bad sinner. We're all going to hell. We're all lost. And now we're saved. And so Paul says here, indeed, I myself thought. Now, see, that's what gets us in trouble sometimes. I myself thought. A lot of people aren't having fruit in their lives. They're not happy. They're not victorious because they go, I myself think. We get in trouble. And watch what, watch what Paul, as Saul, before he changed, thought. And we're going to leave this here for a second. He said, I thought I must do many things contrary to to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Now this is interesting because most of us in here, I'd say 99% of us here, have, have we're, 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 well, we were all lost, but when we were lost, we were just lost. We just didn't believe in God, or we didn't like God, or we didn't want to serve God, or we didn't want to uh, accept God, or whatever, but we didn't really, we weren't really against God. I don't think there's too many in here that were actually like against God. Paul was against God. Like he was against Jesus. Like he, he was an enemy. And he says, I thought it was wise, I thought myself, to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We, we a lot of times do a lot of things contrary to what God wants us to do. Am I speaking to anybody here? And then we go, God, how come I'm not, you're not blessing me? Let me tell you something. God doesn't bless mess. Look at the person next to you and say, let's say it like this. Say it Texan. God don't bless mess. 
Amen? Some of y'all said that really good. We talk different in Texas. Amen? God don't bless mess. And that's the truth. And so when we get our lives lined up with what God wants us to do, not what we want to do, something miraculous happens. So he's thinking, I'm doing, and he's telling King Agrippa this, I'm doing what I think. Now watch this. Let's read on here. Verse 10. That I, this I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I guarantee you none of us have ever killed a Christian probably, I hope. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them to foreign cities. While thus occupied, as I was doing this, I journeyed to Damascus. See, we're all on a journey this morning. And God's, God wants that journey to end in heaven. Does everybody believe and understand that, that that is God's will, that we would go to heaven? Okay, I don't, I don't want to take the time the, uh, d- doctrinally to explain that to you. Just trust me. He wants everyone to go to heaven because John 3.16 says it. That all would come to everlasting life. That all would believe on him. Okay, but he's on his way to Damascus, and, and he's going to do some killing of Christians, some locking up of Christians. But what happened to him happened to all of us. And if it hasn't happened to you today, it can happen today, was the next verse. Watch this. At midday, O King Agrippa, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me. You've heard my testimony when I heard the voice, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a voice like you're hearing right now. It was a voice to what? To your spirit. I heard that voice that day that said, if you don't change today, the place that man, which was hell, is describing is where you're going. That's my testimony. I heard the voice. And I was smart enough to listen. <laughs> How many realize we're just, we're really what we are in here, besides being saved by grace, is we're just smart. Not dumb. I, if, you, if I put before you this morning life and death and you chose death, you're dumb. If I put before you eternity in heaven or hell and you chose hell, you're, let's just call it what it is, right? But we're not dumb. We're smart. And, and when you see the light, the light is better than the darkness. Sometimes common sense just goes a long ways. Amen? So, so, so he says, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you running from me would be what we were doing. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. Look at someone next to you and say, you've got a purpose. And I've got a purpose. What's the purpose? Here it is. To make you a minister and a witness. Now say this with belief. Tell the person next to you, you are a minister. You're a witness. That's the truth. I thought pastor was the minister. I thought the evangelist was the minister. I thought, no, you're a minister. Is he talking to just Saul? No. Why do I know that? Because the Bible tells us that in Mark 16, anyone who believes in his name 
these signs shall follow. They'll cast out demons. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. If they touch anything dangerous, it won't hurt them. That's what the Bible says. It didn't say for the, for, the, for the super anointed man of God or woman of God. It said for anyone who believes, these signs shall follow. And so this is Saul's testimony, but this is also our testimony, and we can relate to him. And Paul goes on to say at one point in his testimony, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. And, 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 I, and I, when I think about that, I might, I might give him that title. I might agree with him. Because like I said, most sinners just sin against God in the sense of being disobedient. He hated Jesus. So he took it another level. He went to the end, then some, the wrong way. <laughs> Amen. So he says you're going to be a minister and a witness of the things you've seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. That's the exciting thing about serving God. We've seen some things, but he's got some more things for us to see that we haven't seen yet. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles of whom I now what? Reach, teach, send you to open their eyes. See, Jesse and Julie are going to go open some eyes in Grapevine. We're opening some eyes here in Denton. Pastor Dwayne and I are opening some eyes in Carrollton this morning. Amen? We're opening eyes that we would take them from darkness to light and the power, from the power of Satan to God, that they would receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified of faith in me. This is so good. Therefore, King Agrippa, now watch this. This is the message. I was not disobedient to the vision. What kind of vision? The heavenly vision. I don't do this very often, but I want you to get your phone out. And I want you to take a picture of that right there. I want you to zoom in if you have it. Uh, hopefully you have it on airplane mode. Amen. We've asked that before. But I want you to take a picture of that. Because I want, we, don't, we don't really write stuff on our refrigerators anymore. And if you do, then do do that. You go ahead and take a, take a notepad and do whatever you do. But if you don't have your camera, write it down in your notes. Somehow, some way, I want this to be in front of you this year. Now, we're, have ever, how many have ever heard of a fiscal year? It's not the one that starts in January. A lot of businesses, it's September, October, whatever, there's different months, but it's the this is going to be our fiscal year. Amen. From this moment till next year, 12 months, this is going to be our heavenly vision. Not that it's new, but I want us to focus on it. And I want every one of us to be able to say in one year, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. No matter what that is, again, that might be, hey, we'll go be pastors, or hey, we'll work in the nursery, or we'll work in the kitchen, or we'll clean the bathrooms, or we'll uh, be in the parking lot, taking in all the hundreds of cars that are coming in every service, or we'll visit the people in the hospital, or we'll, we'll follow up on the hundreds of people getting saved. I'm speaking over you. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I can do for God. Well, just come ask us. We'll give you something to do. Amen. There's lots to do to, in the kingdom of God. So I want us to be able to say that. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Amen. And then look what happens in the next verse. But declared to those first in Damascus and Jerusalem and all the region of Judea, then to the Gentiles, here's the key, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. 
What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to tell people they need to repent and turn to God, and then they'll do works. Not works to be saved, but works because I am saved. Okay? So I want you to know this morning, as as we're going to pray in a few minutes, and we're going to kind of end this up, that this is the vision that I'm casting before you this morning, that we have a heavenly vision. We have something that we're doing, and we're walking in it. But there, there's, I want us to picture this place as a place where it is a breeding ground for ministry. More than we've ever been before. Intentional is the word. Being intentional about everything. Everything we do, with, I, want, I want you to praise more. I want you to pray more. I want you to fast more. I want you to uh, give more. I want you to empty yourself more. And all those things I'm going to do myself, amen. I want us to do all those things more. And then, and then some. Oh, I'm just so tired, Pastor, I've emptied myself. We'll do it some more. We'll rest when we get to heaven. We'll rest when we get to heaven. What you'll find in ministry, church, is it's just like everything else in life. When you do it enough, you get a second wind. Have you noticed that in anything? You get a second wind in anything in life. A second wind. And so we are, we are going to do some things very quickly. I believe very quickly. I believe yesterday. To continue to follow the example that we have in our home church Pastor Mario and Dianza know it very well, and my wife and family know it very well. The reason we've been successful in this church is because we follow and obey and, and walk in the way they walk and do what they do. You know why? Because my pastor, Pastor Jones, has been doing this for 40 years, and he's had a lot of success. And there's an old thing called, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 